This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 82. Rick, who's your favorite number 82 off the top of your head? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> John Stallworth. John Stallworth. Okay. Or Ozzy Newsom. Both yeah. great selections there. I got your back, as always, Rick. Yeah. Uh, that's Rick Spielman. I'm Ryan Wilson. Today, Mailbag Thursday. You ask the questions, we answer them. It's pretty straightforward there. We'll also continue our five-star evaluations. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, you know how Rick feels about me every day because he doesn't know what I'm talking about half the time either. Uh, but here's the deal. You leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and nominate an FBS or FCS player you want us to evaluate on the show. We'll do it. It's as simple as that. And today we'll hit two more of those players: Minnesota safety Tyler Newbin and Pittsburgh cornerback MJ Devonshire. And if you're watching us on the old YouTube's at NFL on CBS, you can see on the official with the first pick draft countdown clock. Rick, what we got? 217 days until the 2024 NFL draft. And you are, your handwriting is getting better by the day or whatever. I know, right? I look like a, I, the handwriting isn't even a thing. You, you don't do penmanship in school. That's how old we are. Like, there's no handwriting. <laughs> My 12-year-old doesn't know how to write in cursive. Like, he thinks that's a pretty cool thing. That's where we are in, in the education system here. You and I can write in cursive, but we can't add or subtract. It's a trade-off. All right. By the way, if you missed it, our last episode with the Popper Drop Tuesday show, players that popped, and this is an every week conversation, Shador Sanders popped. Spencer Rattler had a good week. Malik Neighbors went absolutely off, while J.J. McCarthy and Joe Milton are some of the players that dropped. We also ranked our top five rookie performances from week two. Shout out to the Pukas and Bijans at the NFL world, and we looked at how all three rookie quarterbacks played as well. You can check out all those episodes in the old podcast feed and uh following up with that next tuesday will be another pop and drop week four edition of college as well as nfl rookie rankings week three edition so look out for that and remember leave us a five-star review in apple podcast and if you want to nominate a player fbs or fcs please do that and we will evaluate them on an upcoming show and hit a thumbs up while you're there it helps us celebrate this podcast and help more people find out about it all right rick it is go time we're going to do a mailbag, but first, we're going to do some of these five-star ratings. And just so we're clear, not five-star high school players, Rick. We're going to do... Yes, I figured that out after okay. the show. So. You wanted more direction, and I know Debo doesn't give you enough direction, so no, I'm going to help. It's very but, uh, abstract. But, speaking of abstract, uh, I was in Stanford, like I said the other day, for the Sunday show in the studio, and um, Charles Davis was giving his update from the game that he covered. And before we went on air, I said, hey, Charles, I, I just want you to know that Rick talks highly of you because you and he share a love for those crazy uh, Hallmark movies. Oh, he goes, yeah. Yeah. And he confirmed what you said. He goes, yeah, we text back and forth the endings and and we know exactly what's going to happen. And I was like, OK, well, that's one way to spend your time on the road. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I watched Fixer Up Mysteries last night, which was very intense, but they always solved the problem. And I watched Summer Love, where <laughs> a guru from... 
a corporate raider from New York actually wanted to buy a ranch uh, from this lady and undercut him. And then they started to fall in love and he fell in love with the ranch life instead of the New York city life and being a corporate raider. And uh, then right about 15, 20 minutes before the show ends, everything falls apart as it always does. Uh, but somehow in the last three minutes of the show, everything comes back together again. It's amazing to live in that world. It's like this podcast. Yeah. To go through the adversity that they have to go through yet. Everything ends up, uh, roses and rainbows. And uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Those shows, I think they just cut and paste. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you, glad you had a good evening. And and by the way, uh, Debo talked to Debo yesterday. He's a huge Lioness fan as well. So you have that in common. I don't think he's into the Hallmark movies, but he agrees with you at Paramount Plus, Linus. Did you finish him, Debo? Did you finish I finished him? it? I finished it last night. Fantastic. Episodes? Yep. Yep. I am awaiting a season two and, and kind of see where they take the story. Okay. So that's my question because I take everything literally. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why didn't they like, I understand the ending. It, it, in the lioness, uh, but how did I didn't know if it was the end of season one or not? How do you know it's the end and then they're going to start season two? This is, I, <laughs> I don't have a good answer. Like, it, you just kind of know when they say, like, oh, this is the series finale. Oh, the word that gives it away. There it is. <laughs> All right, let's go, Rick. Enough of your uh, pop culture refreshing, uh, re- whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted and flustered. Let's go. All right. <laughs> we look forward to your next summer love. It was very good. Summer love. Check it out, Depot. All right. Five star ratings on these prospect reviews. We've already knocked out a few. Uh, Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. We did JJ McCarthy as part of the Popper Drop podcast on Tuesday. And we're going to start with Tyler Newbin, nominated by our guy, informed educator. Tyler Newbin's safety out of Minnesota. Great week one against. Uh, a Nebraska team that that has struggled, especially at the quarterback position, but that's not Tyler Newbin's fault. Uh, played deep safety, both cover two and single high. Can play some slot. Um, he doesn't offer anything in the return game, and I just mentioned that because sometimes these players, wide receivers, cornerbacks, whatever, do a little in special teams. Um, that's not his calling card. His calling card is playing deep safety. Uh, he is a turnover generator, and he had two in that week one game, and he has a history of turnovers. He had three in 2021 four in 2022 he's not a thumper and it depends uh, what flavor of safety you like you think he's a thumper i think he comes up and racks it pretty good okay let's go what do you got on tyler newbin yeah no i I watched the week one performance against nebraska two great interceptions the one where he laid out on an overthrow and the other one where he had read the quarterback's eyes and anticipated and jumped in front of that uh, little glance route or seam route um so that shows you his anticipatory skills, his ability uh, to read the quarterback's eyes and get a jump on throws. The last two games uh, versus EMU, Eastern Michigan, and uh, North Carolina uh, didn't have as many opportunities to make plays on balls in the air, really didn't throw into his way. Uh, I think he is straight line fast. I think when I watch him, he is a big, thick, safety. He's over 6'1". I think he's about, well, weighed in at 204 pounds, 205 pounds. But I do think he has some stiffness in his lower body. And that showed up when he tried to square up with a running back from Eastern Michigan. What I mean is that when a running back gets to the second level or in space and he has a two-way go, which means that the Newbin doesn't have an angle on him, and he's squared up with a running back, and the running back could either go to his right or left. You can see where the stiffness shows up. But I thought when he comes downhill, he is physical. He'll be a downhill striker, uh, hmm. run his okay. feet through on contact. Um, for a safety, I thought he was very good in that area. So I see this guy. It'll be interesting to see once I get into the meat of the Big Ten schedule. But – he should be a Friday draft pick, in my opinion, based off what I've seen so far. Yeah, I had a middle middle of the day Friday, so late second, early third, maybe, and that can obviously change just upon early watching um, in, in the fall here. You want to hear my comp, or do you want to go with your Rolodex comp first? Uh, no, I'm not, I didn't have put a comp on him yet. I don't 
it's it's for me for you know when you're evaluating a safety or even a corner it takes more than three games because some games they just don't get opportunities they're not doing anything right so you almost have to get a full season pitcher uh to get the full processing in my head going and the rolodex going on yeah bam this guy he's not antoine winfield jr i can tell you that uh antoine smaller too antoine smaller too um but uh he is more dynamic i feel like as well well he's showing that in the nfl yeah Yeah. he's ready to get paid pretty big uh contract that would have should have been a better scout when he was running around with my kids in little league football. No one else, no one was able to catch him. So was he undersized then at that age? Yeah. 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 Him and my son JD were, it was funny. It was the only sixth grade game I've ever went to where they drew about 200 to 150 people to watch these two go at each other. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty fun to watch. And, uh, they were on the same freshman team. They rotated in at running back. They rotated in as punt and kickoff returners. Uh, JD played corner. He played safety. Uh, and I think that the closest game that they had as true freshmen uh, on the freshman team was thirty-eight to nothing. So that high school was so good that they weren't even playing varsity freshman year. No, they got elevated for the playoffs and then saw a little bit of action as freshmen for the playoff team. Man, I had no idea Minnesota football was that legit. Eden Prairie, Minnesota football is that. That's legit. where it's at. Yeah, and there's how so- far is that from Vikings headquarters? Uh, well, we were in Eden Prairie, so all oh. the back <laughs> in the day, <laughs> <Big feet. laughs> yeah, all the players' sons or the coaches' sons all played for Aaron uh, Eden Prairie High School. And just a little known fact is that Mike Grant has won more state championships than anyone in Minnesota high school history. And he is the son of Bud Grant. That's amazing. Uh, I don't know if you know the answer to this. I'm just curious for historical reasons. Is, did Bud is he from Minnesota, Bud, or he just came there when he started coaching the Vikings? Yeah, I don't know what his hometown. I don't think it was. Yeah, because I know he he was, you know, was up in the Canadian League and oh okay. He, but he was a phenomenal dual sport athlete for the University of Minnesota, if I recall. Oh okay, well, man, Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin, not far. Right. All right. So here's my comp. And I think I agree with you about trying to figure out who these safeties are. I do it in part to help me remember the moment. And also because I know they're going to ask me in the spring for comps for all these guys. And at some point, hopefully people just get tired of reading it and they won't care which comp I come up with by the time they read through. Anyway, anymore. Anyway, you you were happy with my comps last Tuesday when I was exhausted. Yeah, I know we're early in the season, so we got a ways to go yet. So here's my comp, and I, I don't know. It is just an it's two two words put together to make a name. We'll see how it whether it sticks or not. Jesse Bates. Oh my God, no! Oh, there He's you go. Not nearly as athletic as Jesse Bates. He's not as smooth. oh Newman isn't as athletic as Bates. You don't think? No. Okay, Bates was a day two guy. Bates was coming out when he came out of Wake Forest. He had unique ball skills. And he was a smooth athlete. This guy is a little stiff compared okay. to a Jesse Bates, but nice try. Thank you. I appreciate and, it. All and right. To be clear for Rick, Newbin, a four star recruit by 24 7 Sports coming out of high school. You know, don't want any confusion, not a five star. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Make a note, Rick. Thank you for that update, Debo. Direction. Just tell me what to do and be precise. And the next guy we're going to talk about, a three star. But he's on a five-star review. He's on the five-star review. We get the five-star. Sorry for the confusion. That's my bad. I I take full ownership. (laughs) And Rick, Debo's not being sarcastic, just so you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) Debo will never be sarcastic uh, as our leader on this podcast. So thanks, Informed Educator, for that nominee, Tyler Newbin. Day two guy all day long. Maybe that improves. We'll see. No. Next up. You don't think so? No. If if, I don't think safeties go – in the first round. All right. I was just trying Northwest to give went last year. Right. I don't think so. No, no. Look just at history. To... Yeah. Unless it's something unique, he's not unique enough to be a first round talent, but he All is. Right. A... Well, I was just trying to give informed educator some, some hope he nominated Tyler. Maybe he's related to Tyler and he was just curious and we're trying to make him feel good. It's only September, Rick. Jeez. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just trying to be real. All right. Next up. QB coach Blair, his nominee is MJ Devonshire out of Pitt. And he transferred from Kentucky. He is uh he plays cornerback mostly outside. He does play a little bit in I saw him play a slot a few a few snaps primarily outside. 
which is interesting because he's, he's undersized, 5'10 and about 179. Uh, he does have return skills. He's um, been a punt returner throughout his college career, both at Kentucky and Pitt. And my initial takeaway is that he is incredibly physical for his size. He will try to get involved in the run game and run support. He's physical with receivers at the top of the route to the point that it will probably get called to the next level. And I think part of that is because he is undersized. Now, he seems a little stiff coming out of breaks, and I'm a little concerned about his deep speed, but the physicality is what stuck out to me. Yeah, no, I'm going to agree with you somewhat. Okay, uh, I'll take it. Yeah, no, I think he has good enough size, even though he looks lean. And why I say that is because he plays with that aggressive mentality. For a, a leaner guy, he'll come up and try to, as we say, throw his uh, bag of bones into the pile <laughs> and uh, try to make his presence known. Um, I don't, I do think he has good speed, not okay. good speed. I wouldn't put him in the elite category. When I watched him in coverage, they play a lot of press coverage at, at Pitt on the tapes that I watched. And I watched, uh, the Wolford game, Cincinnati and, and West Virginia this past weekend. And when he lines up, he has enough foot quickness to mirror that receiver when the receiver is releasing up the field. What he needs to do a better job of, and something that I learned with all the coaches I've been with in the NFL, is jam that receiver or use your hands to disrupt the timing of the route. So uh, I saw his t- he's smooth with his hip turn. I think he can stay, at least with the, the, the players that he's played against so far, was able to stay on top of the receivers when he was extended downfield. This guy is as grabby as it gets. <laughs> but you've said in the past that that's fixable. Yeah, but he had two DPIs that I charted. He probably could have had 10 more because he grabs the receivers <laughs> out of breaks or grabs the receivers. Right. He needs to turn his head around and look for the ball in the air, especially on those deep balls. He's playing the receiver instead of the ball. And he is a little sticky in his transition which yeah. means when he's trying to redirect and come back to the receiver when he reacts, it's all technical stuff. I think because I saw the foot quickness when he's mirroring at the line of scrimmage, I think all that can be corrected, uh, his footwork with the technique that NFL coaches will teach him and college coaches will teach him. He just has to be more disciplined when he drops his weight, plants his foot, and not look, and by sticky, I mean hesitant coming out or trying to gather his feet coming out to react to routes back inside. But I loved his physicality as a player. I see this guy right now as probably a late to maybe middle day three guy somewhere in Saturday, yeah. five through seven, just what I've seen so far. So let me circle back to something you said, because I, I said at the top that I thought he was a little stiff on the on coming out of his breaks on comebacks. You think that's more technical and less physical? Yeah, because he does play with some knee bend. Mm-hmm. What it does is when he gets worked up the field, he all, all of a sudden is gets tall, but he can drop ah. his weight. So technically, yeah, I've seen him drop his weight, but when he gets stressed and get works up and get worked up the field, he doesn't drop his weight. So all that stuff I think is correctable with coaching because I don't think he's stiff in the hips. I just think he has poor technique. Okay. Transition. Well, that's, a, that's an important distinction, right? Because if you're stiff, you're stiff, but if it's just something you can fix with a coaching point, that's, right. that's a game changer. Either way, I agree. I think day three. Somewhere. Did I something? Yeah, you absolutely did. Thank you. So now I'm going to teach you something. Listen to this. <laughs> Not yet. No, no, I don't want to say that out loud. So I watched the Cincinnati game as well, but I went back and watched the Tennessee game from last year because of all the dudes on that team. Um, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Hendon Hooker, uh, Brew McCoy. I don't know if Seth Tillman played, played in that game or not. He, he had been injured for part of the season. But I'll tell you this much. Um, he played outside most of that game too. But he ran with Jalen Hyatt on a go ball and was right in his hip pocket and had a PBU, got his head back and wasn't physical at all in terms of grabby and that got my attention that was early in the first half and then later in the first half right towards the end of the first half they went after him three straight times on deep balls and they beat him three times i think one was an overthrow one was a dpi and the other one may have been a touchdown or down to the one yard line so they knew that they could get him on those deep throws and that's why i had some concerns about his deep speed but jalen hyatt's taller than he is brew mccoy is a couple inch taller than he is and he's not quite uh he might be the same weight as jalen because jalen's not that heavy but brew's a, a thicker um 
wide receiver, but I gave him credit for coming back and, and being physical. And you talk about all the time, you got to have a short-term memory and it seems that he has that and he plays with an edge. So I, I like a lot about uh, what he brings to the field. He has a lot of swag to yeah. what you need for the corner. I always called it swag. And some of those guys that you don't know if they're going to win in a foot race, the way they win on those deep, especially if they're in press is if they disrupt the release and which throws the timing off. And when he turns, just stay on top of the receiver, which means you're on top. You're not behind the receiver. And he has enough ability to stay on top of the receiver. It's just he has to learn how to calm down and not panic when the ball's in the air and start grabbing. Right. I think he can be in position. And guys that may be not as fast, if you can get your hands on a receiver early in the down, and then stay on top of that receiver as you get extended down the field, uh, that gives them a better chance to have success. Yep, absolutely. And I think he had an interception in that Tennessee game as well, but he he just got his foot out of bounds. I have to go back. Yeah, he did, absolutely. Um, you know, I, now I'm going through the Rolodex a little bit, who he may remind me of. Who you got? The corner up in Buffalo that came out of Pitt a few years ago. Is oh, it, Dane Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't love Dane coming out, but he's, he's certainly done well for himself. Yeah. I just know because we tried to get him off, uh, ah. Buffalo's practice squad twice. <laughs> and he said no both times. Well, no, we couldn't get him off cause they kept bringing him up. They oh, gotcha. Okay. Cause so. he can say no, even if you offer a 53 man spot, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you didn't get that opportunity. Yep. So, right. but he reminds me of Dane Jackson. Cause I had some issues with Dane Jackson coming out as well from Pitt. Okay. But he got better when he got to the NFL. All right. I'll tell you my comp. And this is strictly not position wise because this guy plays a slot, but just in terms of the grabbiness, because I couldn't get over it. TCU's uh, Tr- uh, Travius Hodges Tomlinson. Remember him last year? Yeah. The, yeah, the short guy. Short so, guy. And yeah. this guy is 5'10, but to your point, he plays a little bit bigger than that. But he was so grabby. That's like, good Lord, this guy has to quit grabbing people. Um, all right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hit, the, hit these mailbag questions right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Rick, Sunday, it's week three, and the NFL on CBS features the next chapter in the AFC East rivalry between the Patriots and the Jets or the Broncos taking on the Dolphins. Get set for kickoff beginning at noon Eastern with JB and the guys on the NFL Today. All hail Sunday. The NFL is on CBS, streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Well, Rick also enjoys the Linus. All right, Rick. <laughs> Mailbag time. We'll start with some questions from YouTube. <laughs> at Wa- at WillD16 asks, is there a real chance Caleb Williams doesn't declare for the draft this year? We've talked about that a few weeks ago on the podcast. That fee- feels like crazy talk, and you've talked about the NIL money is great, but it ain't first overall pick money. And it doesn't look like that the Cardinals are tanking, even though they haven't won a football game, but they're playing pretty well for a, an upstart outfit. What's your take on Caleb Williams? Specifically, if you're a general manager, they might have the opportunity to draft him. Yeah, like we mentioned earlier, and I looked, I believe that Bryce Young got his total contract uh, was $39 million for the four years, you know, and they always have that fifth-year option. Uh, so that's fully guaranteed money. And he has to consider Caleb has to consider a couple things. If he does come back to school, the NIL money, I understand, but he may be in a worse situation than 
for example, if Arizona ends up having the first round pick. Well, let's say just out of Houston has a first round pick. Well, you know they're not going to take a quarterback. So And I uh, think they their first round pick goes to Arizona though. That's the Will well, that, Anderson. That's the Will Anderson yeah. one. So but let's say Chicago has a first round pick. Yeah, I mean you're yeah. taking them, but you gotta I don't wish for people to get fired, but you would imagine there'd be some changes up and down the organization, the way things are currently going. Well, they didn't draft Justin. And they didn't draft Justin Fields. So look, I'm going to tell you what the, I mean, we're only two games in, but the draft order currently looks like based on all the metrics, the win percentage, the opponent, uh, opponent you face, the points scored for and against right now, the Broncos have the first overall pick. You can pass on talking about the Broncos if you want to, but if you want to comment, no, why would you pass on? I mean, who you want to play for? I mean, you can't pick who you want to play for. It's actually the opposite of the draft concept is the teams pick you. You don't get to pick the teams. So I'll ask you, is general manager George Payton taking the quarterback? If they happen, if this order remains the same, where Denver has the first overall pick? Oh, boy. That's <laughs> going to, if Denver has the first overall pick and it's Caleb Williams, I don't know how you can pass on him. And Sean Payton likes really good quarterbacks as mo- yeah. do most coaches. <laughs> yeah. If he's a generational quarterback, you cannot pass on taking a Caleb Williams. And the same holds for the char- the, the Bears at number 2 if the the draft order currently holds, of course. The Chargers aren't doing it, they would trade down or you know, if the season ended today, this isn't how it's going to end. What about the Vikings at 4? Oh yeah, and we'll talk about that in a I'll- Okay, yeah, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Uh we'll keep going down the Bengals. Uh we'll do the top 10 quick just to get your response to 7. What about the Patriots? Mac Jones has played well this season, but he ain't Caleb Williams. Nope. So you're taking Caleb Williams? Yes. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals, of course. And then um, Chicago has another. First, good Lord, they have two first-round picks in the top ten currently. I and, think, Ryan, read, read off just more teams and see where Rick is is kind of stopping at taking Caleb Williams. Okay. Um, the Bears at nine, yes. Vegas, yes, because of Jimmy G, right? Yes. Unless you love Aiden O'Connell as much as I do. Um. Houston? No. Okay. Detroit? Yes. Oh, they just took Hendon Hooker, too. Indianapolis, no. Jacksonville, no, I would imagine. Seattle? Yes. Rams, yes, of course. Yes. And, oh, the Giants, yes. Tampa Bay, yes. I'm just answering for you. What about Green Bay? Uh, I would, I, it, if Green Bay had an opportunity to take Caleb Williams, although Jordan Love has played pretty good. The He's first played pretty good. Um, I would say, let's see how the rest of the season plays out. But when you get down into this area here, I don't know, except for Kansas City, Philadelphia, Buffalo. Um, That's about I, it. They Caleb Williams, yeah. Well, I'll ask you one more name. The Steelers. Yes. I would right. take Caleb Williams. Kenny Pickett has not looked good, but whatever. All is right. They pick it, or is it the offensive coordinator, your guy, Matt Canada? Or is it the combination of the two that's really gone sideways in a hurry? It hasn't it hasn't been fun to watch for sure. Thank goodness for TJ Watt and that defense. All right. Thanks, Will D sixteen. And the other thing too, why he would come back, that gives him one year closer to getting that type of contract that these guys are getting right now. And the plus, you know, two thirty, two forty, two fifty range and all that guaranteed money. What do you think it's going to be when he becomes a free agent and let's say he becomes a generational type quarterback? It's be 75 million by that point per year. Yeah. Uh so more likely to return to school, Caleb Williams or Shadir Sanders? Shadir Sanders for sure. I think so too. Yeah, I think Caleb comes out. Because of the dad. Because of his dad. Yeah. All right. Next up at the Sports Fellowship asks, who is wide receiver two after Marvin Harrison Jr.? And where do you see Will Shipley going? Is he the next Christian McCaffrey? And we talked about Will. We'll start, we'll start with Will Shipley first. We talked about him in the summer scouting. And I think we both agreed that he's not Christian McCaffrey. No. No. Uh, he, he's a dynamic running back who's a little undersized and doesn't have the contact balance of a Christian McCaffrey, for example. And he's a big part of that offense. But I think we pegged him as a day three guy right now. Yeah, I would see him fourth round right now. Um, if he runs fast, maybe into the third to try to get into the mix with some of these other running backs coming out. And the only reason I say he would get into the mix, he's not going to be a bell cow where you're going to give the ball 15, 20, 25 times a game. He's not the athlete that Jameer Gibbs was coming out or no. B. John Robinson at two different categories. 
He's a very good football player. He can do multiple things for an offense. Um, he can catch the ball. He can run. I see him more of a role-type player in the NFL than a true lead dog. I said he's at his best just from the summer. I haven't gone back and watched him other than TV this this fall. At his best on the perimeter. He's as tough as they come. He welcomes contact, but he struggles in pass protection as a blocker, which isn't uncommon for, for running backs of any size coming out of college. And uh, if you look here, Debo had the stats up. He had a big game against Duke. Uh, I think my comp for him, we'll say he like this. Rex Burkhead came to mind as you were talking, but I had originally Gio Bernard. How do you feel like Gio Bernard as a comp? Absolutely not. <laughs> the definitiveness of the disapproval. Why not Gio Bernard? Gio Bernard's a better athlete? Yeah, and Gio okay. Bernard's a better, yeah, more physical. I, his kid's physical. Gio Bernard was a good role player, So, but I, I don't see the two in the same category. <laughs> Absolutely not. Does the Rolodex have a name or not yet? No, I can't remember what my – I did have a name. I can't remember way back when we did them in the summer who my uh, comp was. I hope it's Gio Bernardo when I look it up. All right. The other part of that question, of course, who's wide receiver two after Marvin? Boy, I think it's going to be a race, like who's the third quarterback in this draft. Yeah. Uh, like Buka, I still – You love Buka, yeah. Yeah, as number two. But, you know, what we talked about on Tuesday, uh, Napers – from LSU, big game. Make a strong push. I don't think the uh, two Washington receivers uh, are up there yet, and I don't see Worthy at Texas up there yet. The Florida State kid, who Keon Coleman, Keon Coleman. But right now, I would say it would be between Neighbors at LSU and Egbuka at Ohio State. Yeah, I have neighbors in Ibuka both uh, in the first round range, like lower half the first round. I have a neighbor slightly ahead of him, but again, it's it's early in the process. Xavier Worthy I have going on day two, along with Keon Coleman and, and Adunze, the Washington wide receiver. I need to go back and watch number 11, the other Washington wide receiver. McClellan, I think his name is. Let me double check. But he, he feels a little bit more dynamic. Um, we've seen him flash. Jalen McMillan, excuse me. We've seen him flash. Every single time Michael Penix is thrown for 4,000 yards, which happens every week, it feels like. But I think right now it's a, a race between neighbors and Ibuka. And, you know, Keon Coleman had a great start to the season. We'll see if he can sustain that and if anyone else comes out of the out of the pack to differentiate, differentiate themselves. Rick's comp for Shipley was Jarek McKinnon. Oh, that guy's a good athlete. Yeah. I'm not Shipley's a good athlete. I'm not saying he's not a good athlete. Okay. But Jarek McKenna was because we drafted him. Uh, he was a Oh, player. that's right. You cheated. You just used all the comps of the players that you had done extensive research on. <laughs> I forgot about that. But what Jarek McKinnon does for the Kansas City Chiefs, he can run the ball. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He does a lot of uh, utility work for that offense. Hopefully the Kansas City offense gets rolling here pretty soon because they haven't been real impressive the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, you don't say that very often. Jarek was a day three guy as well, right? I think we drafted him in the third round, fourth round, right at that borderline area. All right, so that's right around where we think Shipley might end up going to. All right. Kyleen Strom, 9809, asks, All right, Rick, it's time for Minnesota. Is it time for Minnesota to finally move up and take a quarterback? So we hinted at this earlier. What do you think? Yeah, they have to. They have uh, to. They, they, you know, Kirk Cousins is out of contract. He's 38 years old. I think he's been playing pretty well. He hasn't been the problem. A lot of times fans like to point the finger at Kurt, not this year. And uh, the connection that him and Justin Jefferson have is incredible. I don't know uh, any of the two. The knock on Kirk is he did a, you know, he's a pocket passer. Uh, He needs, you know, he's had, uh, I think, two or three fumbles when he gets hit in the backfield. He needs to secure the ball a little bit better. But some of that isn't his fault when you're getting whacked in the back um, and don't know the guy's coming. Um, But, uh, his production, and he's still showing he can play, but they don't have a quarterback next year. So they have no choice if Kirk Cousins is is moving on uh, to go up and be aggressive to get one of these quarterbacks. By the way, Kirk Cousins' agent just called me. He's not 38. He's only He just turned 35. Oh, he's 35? Why yeah. did he go? Who's 38? <laughs> Debo's 38. Debo's, 38. <laughs> Debo's younger than Kirk Cousins. Rick signed him, and he thought he was 34 at the time. <laughs> Hey, let me ask you this. It's a Kirk Cousins question. How much pushback did you get 
not necessarily from fans, but from other GMs around the league when you gave Kurt that three-year guarantee. I think it was 85. Yeah, it, well. That was, the first, was that the first time that's been that's a— the first time, but it was a different circumstance because we weren't the only team willing to fully guarantee that contract. Oh, how did you know that? His agent told you or that was out there in the news? Uh, you, you, you have— uh, get word through the grapevine. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, um, but it's because of Kirk Cousins being a pretty talented quarterback that was franchised twice. So both of those times were guaranteed and he hit the open market. So when a quarterback uh, at that level hits the open market, uh, he can demand what he wants and yeah. he's willing to, to pay for it. So no one, there were no GMs that said, "Hey man, what are you doing? You ruin it for the rest of us." Because they understood that there was more than one offer on the table. I, mean, I don't know how happy everybody was with it, <laughs> but again, if we weren't going to do it, I knew for a fact that uh, three other teams had the same guarantees on the table. Okay, gotcha. All right. So um, quickly, Nick Mullen is currently on the roster. Nick Mullins is the backup, formerly of San Francisco, and then Jaron Hall, who they drafted at BYU, who we saw at the Senior Bowl. I thought he played okay last fall. He struggled a little bit in the pre-draft process. I'm not sure if he was injured or not. I didn't. We didn't watch him. At least I didn't over preseason, so I'm not sure how he looked there. But your larger point is that they they're going to need a quarterback because if Kurt does not return, they have some questions they need to answer. And yes. currently, they have a top five pick that'll change, of course. But if Caleb is there and you're on the board, you're taking him. And if Caleb's gone and you have an opportunity to take Drake May, I'm guessing you're taking him too. Yes. Yep. All right. So this is the year it all comes together. And I don't think there are any quarterbacks worth trading for, especially at whatever top fifteen pick. Then, I mean, there's some that were. I mean, you trade for Josh Allen, of course, but you're going to get him for. They're not going to move on from him. But I'm just trying to think. Like we've seen quarterbacks get traded. Like Deshaun Watson was obviously a big one that hasn't worked out. Russ was a big one that hasn't worked out yet. So, would you feel better with a guy in his early 30s, veteran who's played well, or just roll the dice on Drake? If they're trying to just go and say, "Hey, we need to get our young franchise quarterback." Uh, then they have to go to the draft. Gotcha. All right. User, bunch of letters and numbers, asks, if Brock Bowers enters the NFL draft this year, where do you think he'll land as a tight end? Well, we talked about him on Tuesday in Popper Draft because he's a much better blocker this year than he was last year. And athletically, he's already um, wide. Excuse me, tight end one because of all the things he can do down the field in terms of catch radius, speed, getting open. Uh, does the team pop into your mind as a good fit? I mean, every team I would imagine does, but in terms of what he does well and they would use him to his, his maximum capacity. Yeah, that's pretty early in the process. I think he's a top 15 pick for sure, but it's still pretty early in the process before you start dissecting uh, teams needs and potentially uh, cuts that they're going to make. Um you know, who's coming up at that position for those teams, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So, you know, as you prepare for free agency and you prepare for the draft, you really do a lot of homework on each team trying to get those questions answered so you can have a better picture of where potentially these guys are going to fall in the draft or what team is going to come uh, get him or draft him. So uh, that will come to be a more clearer picture as we get through uh, closer towards the end of the season and what teams definitely need tight ends. Yeah. I I was looking down the, the list currently. Jacksonville just re-upped Evan Ingram in the offseason. Right. He had a great, great run there. If he were still in that one-year deal, that's a, obviously a possibility. Um, Tampa Bay. Where uh, Tampa Bay, they don't have any. Uh, you know, the guys that like Gusecki, what he signed, a one-year deal in New England, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and what, then, what about this? What about Kansas City? Ooh, I don't know. Well, Kelsey is getting a little up there in a tooth, but those two may be better than the receivers they're playing. Right <laughs> they, they would they would 100% be better than the receivers. So uh, that would be fun. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll hit the second half of these mailbag questions right after this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Rick. Back at it. Captain Spartan 04 asks, It's early. But this is looking like a deep QB class. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, Shadur Sanders, Quinn Ewers, Riley Leonard Jr., excuse me, Riley Leonard, J.J. McCarthy, and even Jordan Travis. Man, that's a lot. If you're the Jets for the draft, would you get a QB in the first round with Aaron Rodgers being 40 and Zach being going to his last year? Or would you go all in and take an offensive lineman? Because the offensive line class, the offensive lineman had been an issue. The offensive line class, as we said over the summer, feels like it's going to be better at the top than last year's version. I mean, you start with quarterback, but if Drake May and Caleb Williams are gone and Fashanu or Joe Alt or, or uh, Mims is sitting there, what are you doing? Oh, well, you have no choice, in my opinion. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be 38. No. Uh, <laughs> he's the same age as Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I got 38. <laughs> and coming off an Achilles. Uh, and if he does play one more year, then if you draft one of these guys that isn't named Caleb Williams or Drake may, you have a year for that quarterback to sit and learn, but this Zach Wilson, this experiment does not look very good right now. And, you know, he's played some two very, very good defenses. And last week it was an arse whipping, uh, when you watch that Dallas game, he had no chance, but he doesn't chance with those tackles that they're playing with either right now so i think you have to go quarterback if you can get one of these guys whether any of these other names that you fall in love with or do all the research on and say yeah this is our guy going forward Um, because i still think that you can potentially trade for a tackle you can go sign a tackle in the ufa market if there is you know we saw juan taylor go from jacksonville to kansas city we saw, you know, Tampa cut Donovan Smith, not that he's any great shakes, but he went, you know, to Kansas City playing on the left side. You saw um, the right tackle for Kansas City last year that uh, ended up hitting the free agent market and uh, also got signed. So that position, although it's a difficult position, there are more options there where if you truly believe that one of these other quarterbacks besides Caleb Williams and Drake may um, they have to go with that quarterback because you don't have any other choice. I get it. What's that? Do you agree with that theory? No, I do. I was going to say, it's just Aaron Rodgers would probably disagree because he only played four plays or Zach Wilson probably would disagree, but you have to plan for the most important position from Zach Wilson. Right. I get it. I get it. I think that's right. You're, you're gonna you're more likely to get that franchise quarterback through the draft than whatever's going to cost you in the trade. And the Jets already just gave up a ton to get Aaron Rodgers. And to your point, you can find offensive tackle help around the league. Right. And the other thing too is whatever cap situation they're going to be in next year, having a young quarterback. And if Aaron Rodgers does play again next year, but those rookie quarterbacks. Uh, give the teams a lot of flexibility to manipulate other positions and pay other positions while they're under that rookie contract. Yep. Uh, I said that all the time about the Russ Wilson coming out and he was a third round pick. So it was even better. And that's how they were able to build up the Legion of doom. And all. I never heard you say that. Oh yeah. I, that's, I must say, I tell my cat that <laughs> I don't have a cat. Are you crazy? All right. 
I'll just, let's get a all the time. Well, who do you say it to? I haven't never heard it. <laughs> let's uh, let's just get a Debo, 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 Debo Di Berdinas. He calls you Debo. Debo. Did he ever say that to you? I haven't never heard that. Yeah, he texts me that daily, like it's like a morning text. <laughs> Good morning, Debo. By the way, that Russ Wilson rookie deal was really smart on the Seahawks part. <laughs> hey, before we move on, Rick, let's get a uh, just a random Thursday update. Who's your QB three? Has it changed since Tuesday? Uh no, I'm 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 still going with Sanders right now as okay. today. Um I was hoping JJ, but boy, did he play disappointing. I mean, that was very bad performance against the bowling green team. Um, no, right now I'm still gonna have to go with Sanders. I'm anxious to see if Quinn Ewers can uh, close the gap. Yeah. Drake May, I watched that Minnesota game when I was watching Newbin, and he threw a couple poor interceptions in that game. I'm telling you, there's going to be there's going to be a, a, a gap close between two and three. It, that gap between two and three may be closing early in this early in the season. Because I, you know, I say it, we said it a lot last year about Will Levis. You got to squint to see the good stuff. You don't have to squint to see the good stuff with Sanders and, and Drake May is not playing. And I was texting a scout about this. He said part of it is the new offensive coordinator and the getting accustomed to the new playmakers around him. Tez Watkins, the wide receiver, it has not been uh deemed eligible to play by the NCAA and that's a whole nother can of worms, but you got to play with the guys that are out there. Yeah. And it's not, and I understand that I do. And that goes into consideration, but the one throw he was getting hit and just threw the ball up, just mm. live for another down or yeah. throw the ball out of bounds. Yeah. And that's what you said about Spencer Rattler. Now Spencer Rattler isn't in the top five conversation, but there's some things to like about Spencer, but at the end of the game against Georgia, you didn't like the, just the, the lack of ball security. And and the time, just understand the game management situation. You still learn the game is what you're saying. That's Pete. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for the question there, Captain Spartano. Four. Now on to Al Bundy. I keep hearing people say teams draft based on best available talent. Is this true, or do they draft based on position of need? Is it a blend of need and talent? Do all teams vary in regards to this concept? of how they select their draftees. And Rick, we talked about this in the spring. You stack your board and you just go off your board. Now, is there some, well, there's some wiggle, wiggle room board, but you remember how we talked about the vertical board versus the horizontal board. Yep. Um, so you put these, when you, most teams use a horizontal board, not the vertical board. You see Ryan Wilson do, or Josh Evans do, or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the NFL draft experts we have on this show here. <laughs> you don't you. draft off a vertical board. You draft off a horizontal horizontal board. And what I mean by that, as you grade those players, you are putting them in a category on your horizontal board. And when you go and look at the horizontal board, you can see that an offensive tackle let's say a defensive back, a, a corner, a safety, a linebacker, and a running back, for example, those five positions are graded equally on the horizontal board. And in that category of, yes, this guy can come in and start day one for us. Then you work within that category, picking the need for your team. Now, if you need an offensive tackle and, and he is a category or two below, you don't go down and reach for that player. You stay up in that box because there is always a need that you can fill most of the time when you develop those boxes the way I just explained it. I'm going to show you my uh, my vertical board. Here's how I make my vertical board horizontal. Done. See how simple <laughs> that was? It's not that hard, Rick. Oh, my God. That's uh, we got a, so much work to do. That was no. that was the best dad joke we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> uh, have you ever, in your history as an evaluator, not followed that philosophy and drafted someone that in your gut you thought would be better than where you had him graded based on where you were picking? No, because never, never, because you have to stay disciplined to your board. Okay, you don't all of a sudden, go like you know, haywire on draft night. And that's all predetermined, pre-discussed, rehearsed 150,000 times. And then when draft day comes, there's no discussion. It's this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. And you can have those disagreements. You can move guys around. You can do this, that, all the way up. But once that clock's 
on the uh, in 217 days from now, <laughs> class starts. You are, have your game plan in place, and you just go. So all the arguments about the players have taken place in the days and weeks prior on draft night. Are there some disagreements about the, the no, horizontal board? Disagreements? Uh, no, it's done. Because in that horizontal board, once you get your horizontal board set, then you have group studies. So we're watching this offensive tackle, and then we're going to watch the running back, and then we're going to watch the corner, then we're going to watch the defensive end. And we're going to compare them. We all have them in the same category as graded guy to come in and make it a, a day one starter. And then we're going to put a, we actually put a fourth number on him on how we would take him for our team. So if I thought the offensive tackle was just as good when we, after we did the group study as the defensive end, then we would put him one, the defensive end two, you, you stack them vertically within that horizontal category going across your board, if that makes sense. It makes sense. And we'll be uh, doing more stacking as we get into the spring. I look forward to that. That's when Rick really gets fired up. All right, Rick, that's it. If we didn't hit your question, we'll hit it on an, on a, on an upcoming mailbag, so don't worry about that. Keep the old... Hey, we got... Yeah, Debo just got my juices flowing with the, the dad joke thing. Oh, uh, he's looking... He, he pulled up that binder, Debo, and I thought he was going to talk about the boards. He's looking up dad jokes. Let me read the oh, outro, and then you can do a quick... This is my... I write these dad jokes down. He home. writes the dad jokes down. All right, I'll read the outro, and then you find a dad joke, and we'll go out on that. All right. If you like what we do here, give us a quick sec to give us a thumbs up on YouTube. And if you love what we do here and love dad jokes, take it a step further and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And remember, Rick, if you leave a five-star review on Apple with a prospect's name, we'll evaluate that player in an upcoming show. All right, dad joke time. What do you got, Rick? Yeah, well, I went to the dentist this week. Uh -huh. Okay, so he, he sharpened the fangs and made them all nice, white, and pearly. But when I went in there, he was looking at them and he says, do you uh, – do you smoke or drink coffee? And I looked at him. I says, well, of course I drink coffee. <laughs> Rated Debo. <laughs> I drink it. <laughs> uh, there was some promise there. I think Rick's a little uh, rusty with the delivery. All right. Well, let me get one more. Oh, went, God. <laughs> yeah. We, go ahead. I should have just said amazing. Yeah, I know. All right. Go ahead. Okay. I didn't get the chance to rehearse these. I just had wrote these, written these. You down. 100% do these in the mirror every day. You've rehearsed them. Go ahead. So I went to buy a couch uh -huh. the other day and I went and talked to the salesman. And he said to me, <laughs> I, you can fit five people with no problem. And I says, I don't know five people without any problems. <laughs> that was a little better. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a little better one for that. That's the Jesse Bates comp of dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Debo? That was a little better. That was a lot better. It was. Oh, okay. It was, really, it was really good. I can't believe you hit it. I thought he was going. Oh, do you want me to keep going, or are we ending the podcast now? It's <laughs> a good one. We were about to get out in under fifty minutes. Oh, let's do that then. Uh, I'll just say quickly. You hit that binder. They're going to drop some football knowledge. That's your dad joke binder. Unbelievable. All right, that's it, Rick. That's a wrap on episode well, eighty-two. Here and then my arse. <laughs> Jeez, that's, a, that's a way to end it thanks as always to my guy Rick and his dad joke book thanks to Debo for producing thanks to all you guys who watch listen and comment see you guys next week for Papa Drop Tuesday enjoy your football have a good weekend you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7 the UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.